Coming up on Tell the Odds, we are going to discuss the season finale of the second season of The Mandalorian. And yes, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> what time is it, Thripio? It's time for Telling the Odds. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode, in fact, the second last episode for the year of 2020, Oh, what a year, of Telling the Odds. Uh, we're glad you to be listening. Jack, are you ready to go on this episode? I am absolutely ready to go. Uh, yes, it should be fun. We've got a lot to talk about and let's not waste any time because there's not much to uh, talk about other than what we will be discussing. Yep. So let's get right into it, guys. Uh, we had the season finale. straight off the bat. Heavy spoilers. Yes. If you have not watched the Mandalorian season finale, definitely watch it before this. Some massive, ginormous spoilers coming your way right now because there is a lot to talk about. And it's not just that they're spoilers. They are like heavy spoilers, like like spoilers that if you saw them without hearing mm. seeing about the Mandalorian, uh, you'd be pretty pissed off. But anyway, uh, let's get right into it, as we were just saying. Um, so, uh, well, first of all, it's weird because I have a, I have a weird habit of, um, having a good sense as to what the title is going to be. And I look, yep. uh, again, I don't want, well, and I don't want to like, you know, um, <laughs> toot my own horn, but I was like, it's going to be the rescue, the rescue <laughs> chapter 16, the rescue. And then it came up on the screen. I was like, Oh my God, I cannot believe yep. it. Um, uh, so yeah, that is the title and it's a good title. But anyway, the actual episode itself, I thought mm. this was half of a good episode. Uh, I think what generally went on was a lot of fun. There were just some strange choices, or no, some I didn't agree with some of the choices. Okay, well, but let's, I think overall I enjoyed. The yeah. Episode. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's not beat around the bush and get right into it. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about yeah. the other stuff that happens in the first like thirty minutes of the episode. But uh, a certain yeah. Jedi makes an appearance. Um, which a certain Jedi that is, is, is familiar to a lot of people. You might know him. His name's, uh, Luke Skywalker. Um, okay. Look, I mean, did I, oh, we, ju- we called it. That's the, okay. Li- listen, did I we, jump out of my seat yeah. when I realized who was in that X-wing? Yes, I did. When I see a black cloak walking down a hallway, I'm like, holy shit. Luke Skywalker is here. Is it the right choice for the Mandalorian? Absolutely not. I, it's just so funny. We're like, okay, he's calling a Jedi. Look, we'd love it to be someone new. However, it's probably going to be Luke Skywalker. And who was it? It was Luke Skywalker. Like, look, to be fair, it's not the worst thing you could do. It's not like he's a main character on the show and joining them on their adventures. Like, that would be atrocious. Yeah. But it's just, like, it's still, like... A, of course, Luke Skywalker showed up because this is a Star Wars, and you can't do a Star Wars without a Luke Skywalker. Without a Skywalker, apparently. exactly. Um, to be fair, to be fair, I did actually quite like how they were showing him, like with the X-wing and with the like lightsaber slashing. In fact, if we kind of had of just like in a different sense, because you couldn't have just done that in this story but like in another story if that's all we had a scene of luke in like kind of an like an interesting sense just kind of hinting at him i think it was really interesting however once we saw him like go through that door and start talking to everyone just did not work and that's the thing is that this 
but surprisingly is an unpopular opinion because I was all over my Star Wars fa- fan pages and everyone is loving it. Everyone is over the moon saying how perfect yeah. it was. And I'm and look, I'm not gonna flat out trash it. Again, I am mm. a being the massive Star Wars nerd that I am. No. I I was super excited when he was there. Like, what's my favorite Star Wars prop and or weapon? Luke's green lightsaber. To see that back on screen was insane. But it is not the right choice. It is not the yeah, right I, choice for the Mandalorian because this is this is I, what I was hoping would not happen mm. for the show. This is what you were hoping, this is what you were afraid of with like Thrawn and stuff when we had Ahsoka, right? Is <laughs> the idea that you can take yeah. uh, an, an, an already established character that's been around for years and essentially turn them into a deus ex machina and essentially detract from who should be the real saving grace of this show, which is Din Djarin, yeah. the Mandalorian. Like, the idea that we were getting him versus yeah. Gideon in a Beskar spear versus Darksaber fight, that was super cool. And when he comes back onto the bridge, and I thought we were going to get something, you know, Bo-Katan related yeah. because he's now the rightful owner of the Darksaber, I'm like, yes, this is where I want this to go. Yeah, yeah and then anyway. and then the Dark Troopers show up, and I thought we were going to yeah. get a, a really interesting uh, finale. And then you know, an X-Wing shows up and mm. I was actually expecting like a New Republic fleet. You know, I was thinking like, you know, oh shit, there are X-Wings coming to save the day. And then they said it was only yeah. one. I'm like, oh my God, it's Luke Skywalker. Nah, I knew it was Luke. Moment, I mean, the moment they said like, uh, they, they showed in the in the previously the uh, Jedi calling out. I mean, okay, so some the Jedi's going to be in that. So I was like waiting for it and then the X-Wing shows up. Yeah, well, like, that, 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 that's interesting is because... <laughs> I was kind of laughing Like, that's the thing throughout. is that uh, on the previously on Mandalorian, you can tell what you're going to get in the episode. They showed Bo-Katan, so yeah. like, okay, she's coming back. And yep. then they showed Ahsoka. Yeah. Which is kind and of... they showed Ahsoka saying all the Tython stuff. Yeah, in a stuff. sense, a little bit of a spoiler. It is a bit of a spoiler, but at the same time, they also yeah. showed Ahsoka saying all the Tython stuff. And uh, like, you know, a Jedi might, you know, seek him out or whatever. So that got me thinking, are they showing this... Yep because Ahsoka's going to show up or are they showing this because we're going to get whoever Jedi, whatever Jedi she was talking about. And of course it was the latter. Um, No, I reckon. Yeah. If that had been like Ahsoka saying, I cannot help you or like lines about her, then maybe, but nah, that's the thing. I agree. Similarly to you, almost everything I've seen online has been people like praising the show being like, this is how you do a finale best episode of the season except um trey funnily enough oh, is yeah. the only one i've seen yeah, who's yeah. just not into it but i mean he was like the exact opposite he was like worst episode of the season which you know he agrees with us he agrees with us then interesting because to an extent because trey is generally a lot less ne- a lot more negative about like a lot more than just yeah. that choice and to be fair while i do agree with him on some points i still think like the uh, overall like cinematography was still really fun like the characters were still great I, th- I think overall it was still a fun episode but you did actually yeah you you um brought me to a new interesting point of the idea of luke really is a deus ex machina in this film it's like they're like they've won they're halfway through and you think the thing's over and then they like these bad guys come back that they thought was defeated and like yeah mandalorian struggles to defeat one and now like 60 yeah. show up or whatever it is and you're like, oh, how are they going to get out of this? And, and then, then Luke, Luke shows, shows up, up and kills them all. Well, like, they were, it was cool when he did it with his lightsaber. And, oh, the dark troopers in this episode looked They, they looked gorgeous. They are... like, that, like, the CGI on them was just beautiful. So I absolutely adored that. But he just, like, destroys them with so much ease as a Jedi. Yeah. And it's like... I mean, not not saying. Of course, Luke is powerful. Like he is 
probably one of the more powerful Jedi. Like, it's very clear that he should be very yeah. competent. However, these dark troopers are made to be, like, super, like, super secret, powerful weapons, yeah? And, like, he just defeated a whole platoon of them with I know. Well, that's ease. the thing, is that uh, I saw a funny joke on Facebook, is that uh, um, don't run into a Skywalker in the hallway. <laughs> which is true because this was essentially mm. Luke Skywalker's yeah. Rogue One hallway moment, um, which is great. I'm, I'm glad that yeah, it's the new hallway. I'm glad scene. that we're getting to see it. And look, <laughs> like you said, I did not have a problem with what we saw of him technically and like CGI wise and the movements and stuff. To see him cut down, cutting. Oh, when when we saw his face, I had a. We'll uh, get, that was we'll get to great. that in just a second because I'm interested to hear your thoughts specifically. The yeah. idea that he was like cutting them all down and yeah, to see yeah. him moving in his like you know suave Jedi ways with his green lightsaber because again, the Luke's mm. green lightsaber is my is like my favorite item or weapon prop, whatever you want to call it in Star yeah. Wars ever. Oh, um, cool. So to see that back on screen after having it show up like none none at all in the sequel trilogy other than a flashback was amazing for me as a as a big as a big fan of of Luke in that era. Um, but the idea that he's there as a concept is just not what I wanted because look, okay, look, we've gone, we've gone on this entire uh, season since it started, um, saying that the way in which they've integrated characters that we've already seen in other media has been really seamless and well done because they Mm. have done awesome stuff and they've, and they've looked really good, but they have never they They've never detracted the from Din Djarin being the main protagonist and the main focus of the show. Him and the child. Yeah. Uh, Cobb Vanth, Bo-Katan, Boba Fett, uh, Ahsoka freaking Tano. They're, they're, all, they're all here, but at the same time, they mm. never overshadow Mando. He's always the main focus, and he's the one who's driving the story. All right? And that's why I, and that's why I was really happy with the way in which they integrated the characters that we'd seen before. But this is exactly what I was afraid of with everyone else, is that you'd bring in a character that we've seen before, and he would not only essentially turn it into his own show, but also... but Yeah, it was like a loop. But also, um, essentially, just take the the spotlight off of who we should be... um, who who we should be focusing on. And it it, it almost, you know, bum... no, nah, it, it bums me out because Luke Skywalker is one of my favorite Star Wars characters, and I'd love to be saying, "Holy shit, we got Luke! Oh my god, it's the best ever!" But I just, I, I can't because this should yeah. be Mando's show, and this, uh, uh, and this episode really detracted from him specifically. The first half of the show, uh, the sorry, the first half of this episode is all about him, and that's why the first, the first yeah, half of this episode is maybe my favorite part of the season because you get to see. Fennec Shand, uh, uh, Cara Dune, and um, Bo-Katan, and her, you know, Mandalorian friend Sasha Banks, all working together, and they were awesome. Mando's showdown with a dark trooper in the yep. hallway it was They're great. Really like cool. you said, the CGI was flawless and immaculate. And um, Moff Gideon yeah. and Mando's fight—it's all really good. And Baby Yoda was being cute as always, and it, it was all—it was all great. Um, the CGI yeah. looked great and everything. I definitely agree with you. And then, oh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. In the line that you were, when you were saying like the idea of Luke took away from like Mando's story, it's like when Luke shows up, they're all like building up like, wait, who's this solid death scene? Uh, so this sol- the single yeah. X-wing, um, and they're all like, uh, they're all like shocked who it is. But when when he shows up and starts killing everyone, it's like all we really get of Din Djarin is like reaction shots of like trying to work out what's going on it really does take the focus away and takes like all the agency away. Like not even like, it's fine that he's being saved by someone, but he's being saved by someone he's never met. He's being saved by someone who has no idea who they are, aside from the fact that they're yeah. a Jedi. 
and it's barely even hinted as to why it makes it only only thing that happens is because yoda calls baby yoda calls out to him and it's like like the opportune moment it's just it's so out of nowhere and yeah as you were saying unlike unlike the other parts the other characters we've seen before that show up it it doesn't feel like that he belongs in this show like i had issues with maybe like well yeah when thrawn was mentioned or even to a lesser extent when ahsoka shows up like because ahsoka it made sense for that episode but overall and like ahsoka is maybe less makes sense less than like boba fett and bo katan to show up in our mandalorian show but it worked there but here it just comes out of nowhere and especially when it's like all at once in the mandalorian season one I don't believe we got like any returning characters. It was all new characters. They were returning like terrain, like Tatooine, a couple of species, maybe some like uh, droids and stuff. Like that, that was cool. But then season two, it's just like hit after hit. Like not only like minor characters like uh like uh what's the Cobb Vanth or minor characters like uh like um yeah. even, but major characters like, a Skywalker. like <laughs> Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Luke all in the same season just casually meets like um this character of dinjarin it totally takes out of this idea of this character is a separate story outside in the star wars universe to the point where no he's pretty much one of the major players in the star wars universe now like very few characters in the star wars universe would have met ahsoka luke and boba fett like all like in the span of like a, 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 week. a week or whatever <laughs> it is true mando just met all of them at once for like a month however whatever time whatever the time jump is but like because it, it clearly wouldn't be long before after he lost the child and he knew boba fett and luke then and it was soon after that he left ahsoka that he found, found the place where the child was taken so it couldn't have been long so he's like going from like hitting hit to hit like not meeting all of these all-star people of the star wars universe like what next is he gonna just meet palpatine's grave <laughs> now is like just m- may as well meet all the main people in the yeah, star wars well- galaxy Oh no, he's not dead anymore, is he? Meet Palpatine out, out hiding on a planet for thirty years, waiting yeah. for something. Yeah. Um, no, that because that's the thing is that I absolutely agree with you and what you said, and sort of continuing on from what I was saying previously is that like, and you're, you're right. Season one was just all new characters, and that's why season one worked so well. Literally, the only thing that you got from other Star Wars media was the dark saber showing up at the end. All right, and I don't know, maybe there were some smaller things we're forgetting uh, yeah. at the moment, but which made sense because Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Darksaber made sense to be in Mandalorian because it's a Mandalorian weapon and it governs the Mandalorian throne, which is, and, and, and that's why it made so much sense for that weapon to be included in this show. But when you're bringing in, like you said, major, major characters, it's, it's becoming less about these original people that we want to know more about. We know everything about Luke. We don't need to know more about Luke. Um, and this is like, I mean, this is a gap in his life that we, you know, don't know a lot about, like, you know, him shortly after Return of the Jedi and building up what was his Jedi temple before it was burned to the ground and he became Last Jedi Luke. But at the same time, I don't mind that we don't know a lot about that because at the same time, I don't feel like I, you know, I I was actually saying it to you throughout the week because we got asked by a friend of ours, what happens if, uh, do you reckon Luke Skywalker is going to be in the show? And I said, I hope not because we've seen... The Skywalker story, all right? The Skywalker story ended last year. It's time for new mm. stuff, all right? Um, 
And the fact that we're getting Luke Skywalker now is just not what I wanted from The Mandalorian. Again, it and, and I don't want to sound butthurt because at the same time, I did love what we saw of him action-wise. And, you know, the idea of him being in the show was exciting as a Star Wars fan. And that's... Yeah, I, but when you actually start to, you know, stop and think about it, yeah. you're just like, wait, that's not what I want at all. Yeah. Um, and look, you know... That's the yeah. thing I want to say, would take about this, which is, as much as this wasn't something we would be the happiest, like, it's not our favourite choice has happened this season, and there are some problems we have with it. Like, because so many people have just been loving this episode... Clearly, they did something like uh, at least something right in the sense where it's clear a lot of people did enjoy the direction Mandalorian season two went, and maybe that's because it's going for that more mainstream appeal of just like all your favorite Star Wars hits in one TV show that's well put together. And look, maybe if some people are looking for that in the Star Wars TV show. That's fine. It's just not what we're looking for. I think. Because when we saw, heard the concept of the Mandalorian, we were excited to have experienced different stories in this universe. But I guess some people were looking for just their Star Wars movies or Star Wars experiences, but just in a TV show format. And you know, that's that's good for them. It's just I just don't. It it feels like it's diff against the vision of what the imagine Mandalorian was originally. No, I think no. That's be. that's. Uh, if you wanted to sum it up, that's how it would be. It goes against what I originally thought they wanted the vision for the show to be, a new area of Star Wars. And that's what they were talking about in um, all those documentary episodes that we got in the making of The Mandalorian. So it's clearly the idea mm. that they had in mind as well, that they wanted to do something that had never been done in Star Wars before and make it so that, even even right down to the score, when in the episode all about the score, when they're talking to Lud Ludwig Göransson, yeah. who is just so talented, and, and again, the score this, this season was, was fantastic. Um, he's, they said they wanted when, when, when Mando's theme comes on as he's leaving the so, ship was so beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Um, there was, uh, hang on. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. He says that, um, we want this score to be its own thing, but still have a sort of like, you know, uh, its own feel to it in terms of, you know, uh, disparity from the Star Wars music we've gotten in the past. Uh, but at the same time, in this episode is the very first time we've heard the Force theme at all. Because as soon as Luke shows up, you get the classic... Da, 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 you know, right? And, uh, like, you know, I, again, that's something that I was hoping we wouldn't see. Yep. Because all the awesome music that we've gotten from The Mandalorian is so different. Because it is something that we haven't gotten in Star Wars before. And that's what I was loving about the show. And that's why Season 1 worked again so well, Michael. Is because we got to see all these new corners of the Star Wars galaxy. And mm. we were learning all so many new things all at once, like new terminologies, like, you know, how the Bounty Hunters Guild works, so, uh, you know, Bounty Pucks and stuff like that. All that stuff had never been discussed in Star Wars before, and that's why yeah. it was so interesting, because this is stuff that has just never been discussed. You know, when we get to see, uh, you know, Kuil and writing blurgs, like, this is stuff we hadn't seen. But at the same time, Season 2 really went a different mm. direction, and I'm not sure how, much, how, how I feel about that. Um... But again, a lot of people love it, so maybe we're just spouting bullshit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, we definitely are. We have no. We look. That's the thing. We're just two Star Wars nerds who have a podcast. If if you want to enjoy this episode, go right ahead. We just think that yeah. Um, what we expected coming into the season, like the show, but like especially the season, was different to the overall end product, and especially after like episode one, which was probably I think thinking back my favorite episode of just of how 
enjoyable it was in that original Star Wars experience. Like, yes, we got Cobb Vanth, which I think at this point does barely count as a returning character. Like, at the time, it's like, whoa, is this a returning character? But, like, he's from a yeah. book that no one had ever heard of. To most people, he's not an, he's an original character. And on Tatooine, which, yes, is a returning location, but it was still new things we were experiencing. Like Mos Pelgo, It was still Din Djarin's journey. Yeah. yeah, still Din Djarin's journey. And I loved this episode. I think the Dark Troopers were fun. They were something we'd seen before. I think Luke showing up was really exciting, but it was not really, it wasn't Din Djarin's story. I think Moff Gideon was really cool and like experiencing fighting this empire in this interesting way was really cool. But like, it was a a story of like, you know, fighting the empire and Luke shows up. They're basically the rebellion at that point. Like we're like, in a way, it's like, not that Din Djarin wouldn't be with the rebellion, but he's supposed to be a separate entity. Although I did find it interesting that um, Boba Fett technically wasn't on the ship with Luke and everything. He was on his own Slave One. But, like, Boba Fett and Luke were kind of fighting for the same team. Um, And Boba Fett was almost killed by Luke. Yeah. It's kind of weird. He, like, sliced his gun in half and almost killed him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's weird to think that they were in, that they were, again, in such close proximity to one another. But, you know, when you you go Mm. back to someone like Cobb Vanth, you're absolutely right. Because, okay, uh, you know what? Let's just, you know, go through them quickly. You know, we we get Cobb Vanth, a, a character that had been established in other media, but who eventually kills the Krayt Dragon and becomes the, and, and is the focus for the show. Uh, I mean, the episode. The Mandalorian. Uh, when Bo-Katan shows up, mm. she does a lot of cool shit, but who's the one that gets them through the door by taking all of that blaster fire to the Beskar chestplate? Mandalorian, because he is the essentially yep. the saving grace of the episode. Uh, with Ahsoka, she has her fight with the um, with the magistrate, but who's the one who gets her through the door and has that Western gun shootout thing with Michael Bean? It's Mandalorian, yep. all right? So you can have all these people show up but at the same time Mandalorian is always, is always doing something interesting that drives the story forward but in this episode he literally stands by <laughs> he literally he stands by like, while and while Luke does it makes everything sense for when them. he's standing by for his friends to do something or when he or when he's waiting for them but like yeah again a character he's never met has no stakes doesn't even know the significance of un- uh, except for the fact that he's a Jedi and relating to the child yeah know? Um, but we we have discussed very heavily this uh, Luke Skywalker thing, and I think mostly we've kind of given our our thoughts about it and in general. But um, yeah, there there are still other parts. Oh, we haven't discussed what he looked like. Um, Ooh, that's the wanna, that's the thing I'm going to say. Like, okay, we'll we'll talk about this. Yeah. We'll talk about this, and then we'll move on to some more positive stuff because I do have a lot of good stuff to mm-hmm. say about this episode. Um, that's the, the thing. There was the, lots of good in this episode. Yeah. Uh, the deep fake especially, Mark Hamill, especially with uh, with Pedro Pascal. We will, yes. we'll get, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, the deep fake Mark Hamill face. Uh, oh. No, thank you. It yeah, did not, it like, did not I, look good. Star Wars has been real, real hit and miss with some of their CGI faces. Like, Tarkin is hit, is like all right when it's like reflection, but the closer you get, it's not great. I Leia say is I... terrible in Rogue One. <laughs> Leia's terrible in Rogue One, in my opinion, and even worse in the last in Rise of Skywalker. I really liked how they did Luke in Rise of Skywalker. He turned out great in Rise that of Skywalker. That looked brilliant. But I, it was, te- was terrible in this. I know. Because, like, well, that's the I thing. Don't know. All right. In terms yeah. of Star Wars's history in face creation, the more I watch Rogue One, the more yeah. I start to come around on Tarkin. Like, uh, again, I, I understand mm. that it looks CGI and it does have its moments where it's just like, ooh. Like, there's a moment where he turns yeah. to an Imperial officer and says, 
the plans for this station are kept down there, aren't they? And the, and there's that particular yeah. moment where it just looks, oh, not very good at all. But there are certain yeah, other Tarkin, moments. They should have, you need, yeah, where they need to every, be creative with it. They need yeah. to be clever. Because Tarkin worked really well when it was just a reflection of his face. Because it's like, it, it had that level of obscuration where it looked so good. But then yeah. they like, they got too overconfident and like showed it really clear. And I think that's also the problem with here with Luke is Luke was looking really good when it was like him wearing a hood, when he was like slicing people down. You didn't see his face. You didn't need to. You knew 100% who it was. But as soon as he steps in there, even when he takes the hood off and you get a full clear view of his face, nothing obscuring it. And it just looked wrong. It did look wrong, and it's and it's not because and I'm it doesn't look and it doesn't look wrong because we subconsciously know that Mark Hamill isn't that age yet. Mm. It literally looks wrong. Like there are parts where his where where it just yeah. it just doesn't it just doesn't look right. Like because I was thinking to myself like okay look because it was like from a distance the first time you see his face it's like a long shot from a distance. I didn't actually yeah. realize it was Mark Hamill. I actually thought they had just you know done gotten someone to be a Luke young Star? Luke Skywalker, and then they went yeah. up on his face, and I looked closer and I squinted. I'm like. Wait a minute! They've just tried to recreate a young Mark Hamill, um, because that's mm. another thing. When when he had his his uh, hood on and we couldn't see his face at all in the hallway, I'm just like, are we going to get a face creation? Are we going to get someone playing Luke Skywalker? Like, did they just go full out Sebastian Stan and make him be a young like Skywalker? I I had no idea. And then he takes off his hood and <laughs> everyone it's like wants, a, wants Sebastian Stan. Let's do that. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, a deep fake Mark Hamill because, the, and I say deep fake because it mm. looks like a poor recreation that you'd see on YouTube. Um, and, and you know what? You brought it up and it's the first thing I thought of after the episode ended, right? Um, the Luke with, that we saw in uh, Rise of Skywalker, the young Luke in his flashback when he's fighting Leia, brilliant. It looked just like him. And I understand that it's easier because in that scene, he doesn't speak and his face hardly moves because he's just sitting in one spot. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it looked really good. And in terms of what you were saying with Leia, I think you're absolutely right. The Rogue One Leia ugh, does not look good. But I think the Rise of Skywalker Leia doesn't look so bad. I think it looks fine. But at the same time, it's yeah. easier to make them look better because they don't speak or move their faces at all. They're literally just staring at each other in that scene. Um, but when you're going to have an entire sequence in this episode where the camera lingers on his face for like longer periods of time and he has to be talking, it's just not going to look good. And especially, you know, uh, uh, okay, this is the only devil's advocate thing I can say is that, you know, this is a TV show. Yeah. So they understandably wouldn't have the budget of a rise of Skywalker. But at the same time, this no. is Star Wars. They still put a lot of money behind it. Um, like you see yeah. the sizzle reel for Cassian Andor. They treat their series as like films. Um, so it's 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 it was just a really um, odd thing to get my head around. I mean, it sounded nice. It definitely sounded like a Return of the Jedi Luke. The, the, there was no problem with the voice, um, but at the same time, the face just looked really off to me. Like there were literally mm. times where I thought the face didn't even line up. Like the the eyes and the nose weren't even lined up with the face properly, and that's just yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't. It I wasn't kind a fan of felt of like it was shifting at some point. It, I I, I, I it honestly thing. did look like it was shifting, especially when he like I I, I remember it so distinctly yeah. now. There's a po there's a moment where he looks down at Baby Yoda and then back up to Din Djarin, mm. and it's like oh no, your eyes literally moved to like where your nose was. Like <laughs> that's the thing. It doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't even it doesn't even need to be like. Like, yeah, perfect. But it's just, it needs to not take you out of the story and it needs to convey who it is. And it just, it conveyed who it was like, okay, it's Luke, but it just took you out because you're like, all right, this is Luke, but this is obviously a CGI recreation of Luke because the actor for Luke is just 
too old for this. And so yeah. it takes you out of the film. It reminds you, oh, yeah, you're watching a TV. Like, and there's not, not that there's anything wrong with reminding of being watching a TV show. But especially at that moment when you're just supposed to be so, like, emotionally invested. Like, oh, my gosh, it's Luke Skywalker. I love Luke Skywalker. Here he shows up. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. You know. well, cause and that's, that's just not yeah. what you want to experience in such a climactic, like, ex- emotional moment. Well, that's another thing. When you say that it, you know, detracts from the emotional weight of that scene, I have to agree because the moment that you're really supposed to be tearing up about when Mando has to say goodbye to the child, like, I was still getting really, you know, um, a little bit teared up. Like, and it was still emotional, but I feel that it could have, that it uh, wasn't as emotional as it could have been because Luke Skywalker was standing right next to them. You know, it just, because you're so focused on that, that you're less focused on what should be the driving force, is that not only is have is Mando having to say goodbye to the child, but he's also, you know, taking off his helmet, and there's so much weight to that choice, because now he's having to, you know, concede the fact that the child means more to him than his code, which used to be the only thing mm. he cared about and nothing, and nothing, uh, he, you know, mattered to him more yep. than the code he was exactly. sworn to like you know, at, at, at this creed and the idea, and it's very good character development for Din Djarin himself that, you know, he's learned that you can be a Mandalorian and take off your helmet I, as well. Um, which is interesting, you know, maybe yeah, he'll, I, I he'll... think that moment, that moment was definitely my strongest part of the episode i think because it, it yes. came back to what the core of the mandalorian has been this season which is din Djarin and his connection with the child and i think that's where it was the strongest like yes as much as like it's in our opinion a bit silly that luke shows up like he's there to represent the force the light side the jedi and about the yes. the, the core emotional part of this episode is about din Djarin having to accept that he is like leaving the letting go of the child to go train with the Jedi because it's the right thing to do yeah. for him. And so his when he decides to take off that helmet and you get to see Pedro Pascal's face and like he did an amazing job. His acting was great here. And I think definitely especially when when the child like grabs his leg and gets and the fact that he yeah. sees his face for the first time, that was definitely a an emotionally powerful moment for me. I, so I, I do think I that agree. I was different. really, uh, I started to get choked up when that was happening. When like, you know, the child strokes his face because how much he loves him and how much the man, and how much Mando loves the kid as well. It was just all really, really well done. And you, you're right. Pedro Pascal has knocked it out of the park when like in, in every episode that they've done since episode one of the first season, he's just so good as this character. And I can't wait to see more of him, especially if, we are going to see more of him without his helmet because it's interesting to wonder, you know, now that he's taken off his helmet mm. so much, not only in the last episode, but also now when he's taking it off in front of just everyone um, for, for, for Luke, for the child, for a bunch of different people. It's interesting yeah, whether yeah, or not he yeah, will yeah. still subscribe to the, to being a child of the watch, or maybe he will, you know, uh, mm. make a transition to the Mandalorian uh, group that Bo-Katan is part of. It's, it's interesting to think about really it is. And, and, you know the repercussions yep. that that might have well yeah i guess it depends exactly, what they explore yeah. in the next seasons because well that's the thing talk, talking about this is this is kind of um, i mean they may bring it back they may have more stories with the child and i really hope that they do bring it back in some way but this is kind of the closing book part of that story and it's like where do they go from here? Because the whole point of the original Mandalorian, even from episode one, it ends with them finding the child. Like, yeah. that's the overall story here. So are they going to explore the Mandalore side of it with um, Bo-Katan? Are they going to explore 
Boba Fett with the reveal that we'll, yeah. we'll get to at the end. But uh, what's what's gonna? I, where's the where's I, I the game plan from think, here? I mean, like, you know, this is it's a, it's, uh, it might be a tough pill to swallow given how much people love him. But I'm starting to think that in season three we might get an entirely new. Uh, story uh, that doesn't revolve around the child. I'm starting to think that uh, I don't want to say I, w- I don't want to say we've seen the last of the child because I don't think that's true. Um, but I, I definitely think we'll see him again. But at the same mm. time, you know, stories have to end, and you need to start a new one. And I believe that this might be the end of the child story because, mm. like, he's deli- he's been delivered to the Jedi, and he's going to be trained, and he's going to be able, to- and he's going to learn how to use his you know, abilities and maybe we'll see him again. But at the same time, there's so much that we've done with this story to the point where I wouldn't be, um, I I wouldn't be against the idea that that story has come to an end. Like, you know, maybe at the start of the third season, we're going to get chapter one of a new story. Like this is chapter 16. Maybe we're going to get another chapter one because, you know, this is, it's chapter one of a new story, which is interesting to, you know, uh, think about, you know, how they'll go about naming the actual, um, episodes. Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm thinking maybe we might get a new story that really revolves stronger around the idea of Mandalore itself, because there's so much um, that they've set up with the Moff Gideon fight in terms of the Darksaber and Bo-Katan and Mando, who are essentially going to have to have a fight at some point, um, because obviously Mando being Mando, he doesn't really mind about the throne, so he was willing mm. to just completely give it up because, you know, it is... Uh, uh, he, he was willing to give it to Bo-Katan, but you're right, it's not that easy. Um, which also brings up an interesting point. Uh, he can't just give it over to someone else. Um, but didn't Sabine do that in Rebels? Yes, that's the that's thing I saw. They were... It's kind of similar to what we were originally thinking with the with the Mandalorian Creed of the helmet, like, can't take it off, like, hmm, this is feels like a little bit of a retcon from Rebels, where it's like, you know, whatever. But it's like, yeah... Uh, or from Clone Wars, where we had seen the Mandalorians before, it's like, yes, there is this idea of whoever wins the bladed battle keeps it, and I like that that they kept that with the Moff Gideon was cool, but we have seen Sabine gives the the saber to Bo-Katan, and she accepts it at that point. She doesn't defeat it from her then, which is like, they cl- it's it's even harder of a retcon because this is the same character. Bo-Katan, except, not accepting the Darksaber now, when she did accept it earlier, unless she later came into knowledge of this tradition, which is not true, because she was under um, uh, Darth Maul's character. No, the, oh, the character Darth yeah. Maul defeated, whatever. Um, the Death Watch guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so she's clearly familiar with this, so that feels like an I mean, even yeah, bigger uh, retcon. But the funny thing I is, know. it's I'd already shut that. up in my uh, subscription box on YouTube. There's already a bunch of YouTube videos that says why uh, why Sabine could hand it over, mm. but the Mandalorian could not. So there's so there is a so apparently there's a reason. Yep. I just don't know the reason yet, and we'll talk about it later on once we actually know if that actually if if the reasons that people are talking about on YouTube is actually a good reason. Okay. But um, anyway, we've talked a lot about Luke and we've... Yeah, because I loved the reason that they did for the helmet. That made a lot of sense. The, the fact that he's from like some like zealous, zealous cult like from the, of, this, of the Mandalorians who are super focused on their own helmet. Like that was such a 
perfect reason for why he is super interesting and unique in his different way. But like majority of the Mandalorians we've seen aren't. So I love that. So if they can do something like that, but this kind of feels a bit different and it's more of an oversight because they wanted to have that story beat than anything uh, else. Okay, look, we've talked a lot about Luke and we talked a lot about the stuff that comes at the end of the episode. So... Again, there was a lot of stuff that we loved about this episode because it looks brilliant. The action that you got with the uh, with Cara Dune, Fennec Shand, and Bo-Katan, and you know her Mandalorian friend, that was all great. And the and the the fight with Mandalorian and the Dark Trooper, Moff Gideon's fight with Mandalorian, that was all great. It all looks brilliant. There was a there was a um, I noticed that when Mando was walking through the hallways of this light cruiser by himself. Um, there was sort of like a, a jazzy version of his theme, which I was loving as it was happening. Um, cause it's slightly more, it's, it's more like subtle, but mm. at the same time, sort of at the same time, uh, more upbeat than the theme we're used to, which is, which is interesting. And I, I, I really liked yeah. it. Um, and, uh, the guy who directed this one, Peyton Reed also did the second episode, the passenger with all the spiders and, um, mm. and the frog lady. Uh, Okay, yeah. yeah you do. Wow, you it forget was, about it, that episode. Because it, so, it seems so far away now in our heads. Um, but the episode itself was yeah, exactly. really well uh, directed. There were some brilliant shots in this one, especially with the Imperial shuttle coming into the light freighter as it was like, you know, entering this, uh, mm. like the, the, the small passage that they have for docking uh, on these on this brand of light, uh, light, light cruiser. Um, I thought that was all great. And there was actually a very specific shot um, it's the, actually the very first time you see the light cruiser in this episode, um, as you slowly zoom in on it. Um, it is very clearly a model, but that's actually a good thing. That's why I love it because it looks so good. Um, is this uh, the, the um, Imperial cruiser? The Imperial cruiser. Yeah. There's a certain shot that we'll have to, that I guess we'll just, Oh, it's beautiful. That we'll, we'll have to go back and, uh, watch it so I can show you. It is it is a, uh, you can tell it's a model, but it is such a good, good model. And mm. that's what I love about Star Wars is that you have to think, I love it. Yeah. When they go back to those roots, similar to what the Mandalorian was saying, like go back to the way that they did Star Wars originally and do it from there instead of basing it for what was done from Star Wars. Like, yeah, like a lot of the times they'll do CGI based on the models. Like I know um, the sequel trilogy and Rogue One use CGI to make their CGI models of like the, yeah, the, the, 3D models to look like they were physically made and they had little artifacts like warping or like little glue things like that and they look cool yeah. and like you don't really notice them but it kind of feels like it but it's not the quite the same as just having those artifacts of physically filming a model and putting them in like that it 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 has a different feel to it that just comes across on screen makes it the universe feel so much more real so much more tangible which is I love that that's that's what I, you know, loved about this episode. And that's what I love about Star Wars in general. That's what I've, and that's what Star Wars has always been about. You can tell that the Tanti 4 is a model in the very first scene of Star Wars, but it doesn't matter because it looks so brilliant and, it, and that's what makes it so, mm. uh, like you said, so grounded in reality and so tangible for us viewers. And that's the, that's, that is the, uh, the feeling that I got the moment that that model showed up on screen. And like there's, and, and it's such um, you can you can tell so discernibly that it is a model, and that's what I loved about it. Uh, mm. And let's talk about a uh, certain end credit scene that we got, where you set where you go back to Jabba's yes. pala- palace, right? Um, and Bib Fortuna yeah. was alive, which is uh, interesting that's the thing. because I didn't expect. I, I saw when I was watching the episode, I'm like, there's six minutes left. Like, normally there's a bit of credits at the end of Mandalorian. So I, like, because I, I, like, 
check there to see if it was end credits. Like, oh, there is end credits. That was quite surprising. But yes, yeah, so so in Legends, Bib Fortuna did survive the barge and go on to like have, take over Jabba's palace for a little bit. But right. uh, yeah, so that that's fun that they brought that back to canon. That yeah, Bib Fortuna was still, or oh, he's no longer alive, but was alive and, and <laughs> yeah. was running Jabba's palace for like five years. No, because that's the thing. Boba Fett comes <laughs> and in. He, and I'm he just grew like, a little bit in weight as well. He did. He got a little bit uh, pudgy. Uh, but it, which is which is totally fine. We're not here to fat shame Bib Fortuna. Uh, oh no! It, well, it, it comes with the job of being in charge of Jabba's palace. It does, yeah. Um, but no, I I had that exact like well, you know, next, next season we see like uh, Boba Fett also like having to like a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, we good. Oh god, what was I saying? Yeah, yeah. As soon as Boba Fett comes in, I'm just like, oh, Bib Fortuna's alive. Oh, Bib Fortuna's dead. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's about to die. Yeah, um, but the idea that Boba Fett is now on the uh, that that throne and he's got Fennec Shand with him yeah. sitting at the back just sipping Spotchka, which is funny, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we're getting a Boba Fett show, which is so exciting. The book of yeah. Boba Fett coming this time next year. It is exactly what I've exactly. always wanted from Star Wars, like a, a like a really interesting and gritty crime thriller, which is I hope what, mm. which I hope is what we're gonna get. Well, hopefully, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what direction they go with it, but definitely what they've se- shown so far and what it's kind of been hinting at is 100% definitely something exciting. That's the thing. Yeah. I love seeing variation in the Star Wars universe and new things we haven't explored, new new ideas. And even though, yes, it's new like character like Boba Fett, there's still so much we haven't explored about the character of Boba Fett. Yeah. And so, a show like this idea of the book of Boba Fett, definitely excited. So much we can do. I do find it funny, though, how it's like announced in The Mandalorian like a week after they had their... like announcement of star wars shows where they didn't announce it there because yeah, they had to well, wait till the episode exactly that's the thing they wanted the mandalorian it back a week and had it up there with everything else yeah because well, I mean, that, that, that's the thing is that they wanted this to be the reveal obviously because i mean we yep. were all thinking uh, after we saw boba fett the first time in the first episode um because at that point mm. i was resigned to the fact that we weren't actually going to see him again but then he ends up becoming a supporting character Same. in these last few episodes yeah. um and the entire time i was Cobb thinking oh back, so oh, I guess we're going to get uh, him in his own show. And then the Investor's Day happened. Yep. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's weird that we didn't get a Boba Fett show yeah, announced. But now it completely makes sense because they were waiting mm. to make this reveal. Um, it'd be interesting. Yeah. I There's been would... one rumored that to be filming for like a while. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that I, I, I see all these Instagram and Facebook posts saying, oh, uh, rumors, are, if rumors are to be believed, the Boba Fett show has already been filming for like uh, two months. Mm. Um, uh it's yep. interesting to think about what we will be getting because at the same time, there's so much about Boba Fett's life uh, after Django dies and like, you know, there's a you know, there's a whole gap b- before mm. we see him in Empire that we haven't gotten of him. That'd be interesting to explore. But at the same time, I would love yeah. to see where this era's Boba Fett goes next because like if he becomes... Definitely. If, I think if he be- you can go both directions. You if can he do flashbacks like, yeah. to where like interesting parts of his life and you can go forward to see where it goes next. But like, uh, yeah, it's... We basically know nothing aside from the name and roughly what it could could direction it could go in. But either way, more Star Wars content. Eh, I'm not going to complain. It's good fun. Exactly. If we get to see Boba Fett become like the Al Capone of the Star Wars universe, where he's like he's mm. got like a huge crime gang running, like he, he becomes the he essentially yeah. becomes the new Jabba. He becomes a crime boss. That'd be so cool. Because exactly. we, again, because Boba Fett has obviously mm. been always been one of my favorites. He's like a lot of he's the favorite for a lot of people because he's very cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that, and that's another very thing good. is that uh, we mentioned 
earlier on in, you know, a couple of weeks back that when we went uh, trick-or-treating, I went as Boba Fett. I, I literally need to do some updating to my costume because now I want to be going as yeah. like as Mandalorian era Boba Fett. Not only because he looks cool, but frankly, yeah. it would probably be easier to assemble because it's just a lot of um, uh, just yeah, exactly. dark. It's more like, cobbled together, yeah. Exactly, more like dark clothing underneath dark the main chest plate, yeah. which just, you know, it's yeah. going to be easier for me, especially getting it on and off. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can definitely work with that costume. That's cool though. But that was... Uh, that's beside the point. All right, but that was the ending. So overall, quick thoughts on the episode, and then we'll, we can finish up our review, I think. Yes. Uh, overall thoughts on the episode, I thought that a lot of the stuff that we saw early on was really, really good, uh, and it was completely about Din Djarin and the child and his and, and his journey to get him back, as well as, the, as well as the new supporting characters that we've met along the way. It was all really, really good. Mm. And then, obviously, we've talked about when Luke shows up. Again, Luke... Showing up, very exciting. I was weak in the knees when he came up because I am a Star Wars fan. But the uh, but the minute mm. you actually start to think about it, it was just not what I wanted for the Mandalorian, and it did sort of take me out of the episode because of the fact that it's just not what I wanted for this show. It became Luke Skywalker's mm. episode. You can have characters like Bo Bo-Katan and Ahsoka and things like that, uh, but and and we did. But did they? But did they ever detract from what we were actually seeing from the Mandalorian? No, never. Uh, at this point, it did. Uh, he became the Deus Ex Machina of the episode to the point where Mandalorian couldn't do anything but watch, and that's just not something that I wanted from his own show. He should always be the saving grace and uh, just the person who we want to see the most. And yeah, Luke sort of just took over. And though I love seeing Luke because Luke Skywalker is Luke Skywalker, you know, it's just not what I wanted from the Mandalorian. And it doesn't. And I don't want to, you know, sound you know, butt hurt or anything like that because we love Star Wars more than anything in the world. We love, you know, Luke Skywalker as well, but it's just not we what we wanted for the Mandalorian. Like, you know, maybe if he showed up no, in, if, if, you know what, if he showed up in the Ahsoka series or anything like that, yeah. it'd probably fit more because Ahsoka's going to be more about the Jedi and stuff like that. But Mandalorian is, is, is such of, is, is so much of its own thing that it just be weird, you know. If we get, uh, uh, it, it applies to a bunch of other shows as well. Like if we get Luke and like Han Solo and people like that showing up in like Rangers of the New Republic or stuff like that. That's just yeah. not what I want to see because that too is a show where I want to be seeing new people, new yeah. stories, new. But yeah, we you want know, to see yeah. new aspects of the Star Wars universe. I yeah. agree. I think, yeah, I think overall, very fun episode, great highlights, great moments, but just choices that necessarily we didn't necessarily agree with and. Well, yeah, it's been clearly been very popular. A lot of people have loved this episode. It's just not what we originally thought Mandalorian was going to do and not what we expected and were kind of hoping for. And that's fine. Like, you know, maybe we look into it as a different show. Instead of looking at it as a different part of the Star Wars universe, we look at it as just a continuation of the Star Wars stories and movies just in a TV format. You know, that's fine. But look, good season overall. I think there were some great highlights. Just, um, yeah, a different direction than we thought it would go. Yeah, well, that's, that's I mean, let, let's get into that quickly before we wrap up. Uh, this season in general, I still, uh, uh, despite all the things we've said today, I think that this was still a fantastic season. There was so much to love. Yeah. We went to, we went to new places. Most of the returning characters from other media were integrated very, very well. There's only one. That's Luke, like we were just talking about. Every other aspect mm. of this season, I really, really, really loved. There's, there's nothing about any of the other episodes that really screams... Um, that really screams problems. 
Uh, I think yeah. that it was all very well done. The direction uh, in basically every episode was fantastic. I would probably I would probably cite Bryce Dallas Howard's direction in her episode, The Heiress, as my favorite of the season. Um, yeah. The score, amazing. Uh, the cinematography at all times was really, really well done. It t- and it upped the stakes from last season, which is was something that I really wanted to see. Mm. You got to have the you got to have like so much more character development of Din Djarin specifically. He became so much more layered of a character than he was in the first season. He was still layered and really brilliant as a character. But in this season, we got to see him fail. We got to see him struggle. We got to see him struggle uh, uh, not only physically and, you know, with his enemies, but we also got to see him struggle emotionally with the things that he's now having to concede. Like, oh my God, there are things yep. that... Are, and it's, it's like what Bill Burr was talking about last episode, is that mm. you you think you're like this, this honor hung person with like you know a code that you will stick to but you don't realize that when things get desperate it will just completely go by the waistline for the things that you really care about the most and that was something that and i think that's a great way to uh you know typify dinjarin's story in general is that he has this code that he's so stringent to and he has this thing you know weapons are a part of my religion you do not show your face you are not mandalorian but when, mm. when, but when push comes to shove, he has become he has he became so attached to this child yeah. that you know he grows as a as a character, and I'm really excited to see where it goes next. Yeah. Um, I, I think definitely, was, yeah, I think those were great themes to overall explore in the show, yeah. and certainly the the directions it took was really interesting in terms of new ways of exploring this character beyond what we'd experienced in season one, and I think overall that was a really fun direction to go. It was. I I I uh, I do agree. So uh, that's that, guys. I think we are that's done. Yeah. yeah. Um, Make sure yeah. to tune in next week for our finale of the uh, of the year. Yeah. And then we'll uh, be back next year. I really hope you guys have enjoyed the discussions that we've had about every episode. Uh, about every episode of this season guys um and uh yeah i i thank you guys for for listening to all of them if you have uh and like michael said we are going to be having our last episode for the year uh next week which will be dropping on the 27th of december so christmas will be all done i hope uh, i hope you guys will have a a good christmas or whatever you celebrate wherever you are um, mm. and, uh, basically our last episode will be another, uh, we're going to have another trivia bout, Michael and I, to Just see who fun is... Fun old way to end the year. Yes. And then we'll be taking a couple of weeks off for, you know, uh, cause yep. I go away in January and stuff and we'll probably suss out a date, uh, where we will, re- where we will return that we will talk to you guys about, uh, next week. Um, as for this episode itself, you can find us on all the platforms that we're available on. And uh, the YouTube version of this episode will go out during the week, uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff that I usually say at the end of the episode. Thank you guys again so much for watching. Again, I hope you have enjoyed this season as much as we have and the discussions that we've had about it. And we will see you uh, next week for our last episode uh, special. Michael, anything else to say? Uh, No, thank you all for tuning in another week. We have a lot of fun. In fact, this whole podcast has been great this year, so we hope you'll join us next year. Thank you for joining us for our Mandalorian coverage. Uh, It's been good fun. It has, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good week and a Merry Christmas. This has been Telling Telling the the Odds. Odds.